Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. So notice, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. We know in other places in the gospel, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But he also says, as long as I'm here, I am the light of the world. So when Jesus, after his resurrection, and then after his ascension, it became the job of his followers, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, to be the light of the world. And so... We can sing songs about Jesus being the light of the world, and that's still true. But the way he's the light of the world today is because he's on the inside of us. You know, we might have all heard the song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine. Well, that's not really scripturally correct. Because it's not a little light. It's the light of the glory of God. It's the light of God himself. It's the light when God in the beginning said, let there be light. It's that light. You might say, no, that's the sun. No. The sun wasn't created two days later. The stars weren't created two days later. It is the light of the glory of God himself that he spoke into being that is on the inside of you. See, the Bible also says that God has caused the light of the glory, his gospel, to shine into our hearts. So there is a tremendous light on the inside of you that God wants to shine through you and shine his God colors in the world. You know, I like how the message version says it. And it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on the hilltop and on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And so there's many different ways that God wants to shine through us. See, it says here in the King James verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so there are different works God will call, call you to do that will shine the light. But there's also things in your everyday life that you living this way causes the light of God to shine through you. And we'll talk about it in this series and break it down so you understand what they are. There are things called the gifts of the Spirit. There are things called the fruit of the Spirit. But also when you read Romans chapter 12, there are other gifts and abilities that God has given you. Every one of you in here has gifts and graces from God. Whether you know it or not, it's on the inside of you. And God wants to use those gifts, those anointings, those abilities, and those talents to shine forth his colors in the world. You know, when we talk about the light spectrum, you know, one of the things, you know, my kids, you know, they love the different colors and when they're drawing and they're painting all the different spectrums of colors that are available. And so the thing is, God is not after uniformity. He's after unity. And so that means we all look different for a reason. But it's because God loves diversity. 
So there's even diversity to how the gifts God has given you can operate from one person to another. And God wants to shine through that to make a difference. For some of you who've been here long enough, you've seen, how many of you have ever seen Bishop preach in person? Now, he has a distinct anointing, right? He has a distinct style, a way he preaches and he operates. You've seen that anointing work, right? I have his anointing. But the way I ministry and operate is different. Why? God loves diversity. It can be the same anointing, but operate differently, which means we don't always have to look at somebody else to see how we operate. Well, what do we do? We look on the inside to where God lives in us, believer, and get instructions from him how we operate, how we move forward. Because what happens if you always look at a person or organization or individual, how they operate in the past, you'll become blockbuster in a Netflix world. But if you look on the inside and follow the leading of the Spirit of God, you'll be able to innovate. You'll be able to go forward, and God will be able to shine his light through you in a wonderful way. You see, verse 15, Jesus puts the emphasis on, it says, if I made you a light, I'm not going to put you under a bucket. What's the point of turning on a flashlight and then hiding that flashlight? So if you're going to turn on a light, you're going to put it in a place where it can shine the brightest, right? So don't be so concerned that everything around you is dark. That's why you're here. You're called to be the light. You say, well, all my coworkers, you know, they're going through this. All my neighbors are going through this. Maybe that's why you're there, to be light, to make a difference. And so as I said, we're going to share how to share that light through the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and also through the Romans 12 gifts. And to share more on the fruit of the Spirit, welcome with me, Minister A.J. Praise God. I'm excited. I'm going to have to slow down because my mind and my heart is going like a thousand miles a minute. But all right. So Pastor, got, Pastor just opened up, and thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. Uh, I don't take it lightly or for granted. Glory to God. Can I take my mask off? Amen. All right, so I have 10 minutes. It is, I see the clock at 51. I will hurry. Okay, so my portion is to minister on the fruit of the Spirit. And if you can, quickly turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. It reads, or it tells us what the fruit of the Spirit are. And I know my awesome ladies and gentlemen from Kids World know what the fruit of the Spirit are. So, Bethy, can you give me three fruit of the Spirit? She's covered. Hurry, hurry. Love, joy, peace. Ari and Darius, do you know more? Love, joy, peace, tell me. Tell, say it as loud as you can. All right, gentleness and self-control. All right, so what I want you to understand is that there are nine fruit of the Spirit. And when you think about fruit, where does fruit come from? It comes from a what? It comes from a tree. So what I want you to imagine is what it was like for Father God when he was creating his fruit and have an understanding of what that fruit is. So when you look at or try to understand the fruit of the Spirit, the same way that you understand a farmer or a, a gardener will take some seed and plant it into a ground, what Father God did is he didn't take physical seed, but he took part of himself. When you look at and understand the 
the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is literally the character, the properties of God that he has packaged in such a way that he put it inside of you. So what we're operating with is not just this simple little nice and sweet way of operating, but you have a flood of the power of God flowing through you. When you look at Romans chapter 5, actually, let's quickly turn there. Romans chapter 5, or actually, you don't even have to turn there because I'm going to go through it really fast anyway. Romans chapter 5 says, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And so when I looked at that word shed, it means poured. And as I began to study that out a little more, what literally was happening, the visual picture that I want you to see in your mind is it's almost like having it's almost like having a, a, a fire hose in here. And if I had a fire hose and I turned that on, you have such a strong force of water that's gonna flow. Well, the, 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 the power that God is talking about that he placed inside of us is not, it, 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 a water hose can't contain it, it's too small. So when God talks about he poured his love into our heart, you're talking about a deluge. You're talking about a flood of the power of God that he put in your spirit. So when it comes to us trying to understand how to operate in the love of God, there is a magnanimous flow of the power of God that he placed in your spirit by the Holy Spirit when you receive Jesus as your Lord. And he basically, Holy Spirit, Spirit was the activator. He was the one who set it into motion. And so when you understand that this power is there, then what God needs for us to do is to have understanding and revelation of that power so we can unleash that power on the world. What pastor talked about is that God is looking to, he's talking about the God spectrum. God, when you understand the color spectrum, you'll understand that light hits a prism and it disperses out into multiple colors. So what God needs needs the world to see and understand. He needs the world to experience his love. Well, they can't go up to heaven to experience that love. So God used us as his, as his hands and his mouth in the earth to be a dispersion force or to be a powerhouse, to be a distribution center of that love. And when you understand how powerful that flow and that force is, then you'll understand how important and crucial it is for us to to walk in that. Because see, if you just think that love is a heart that you put out at Valentine's Day and it's, oh, it's cute, it represents chocolates and balloons and all that sweet stuff, that is such a minute version of the love of God. See, you need to understand that the love of God, the love of God, the, the, when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, love endures long. Meaning, love has such strength and such power that it doesn't matter what comes against it, it never gets tired. Now, I don't know about you, but there are times when folks will get on what I call my last nerve. Love doesn't, love doesn't operate that way. This is who God is. When you look at John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, it says God is love. Not that God has love. God is is love. This is a supernatural force. This is a flow of the power of God that he is asking us, or no, not asking, he commanded us to walk in. 
And so you have to understand exactly how powerful that force is. So if you'll quickly turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to look at verses 4 through 8, and I'm going to read from the New International Reader's Version. And I'm going to have a little display here once I get it popped open. Because I need you to understand. See, sometimes, as Pastor said, we sing the song, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. God is like, no, it's not little. This is me that we're talking about. This is my glory. This is my power manifesting in the earth that I need for the whole world to see. It's almost like I have a nice little handy-dandy glow stick. It's not too dark in here, so you're not going to be able to see it. But if I take this with me and I take it into a dark room, everybody's eyes will rivet towards that light. That is what God needs to happen through us. He needs for us to take the power of the love that he has for the entire world, and he needs us to infect the world with that love. The greatest need and desire that the world has is the love of God. Why do you see evil running rampant throughout the earth right now? Because people have an absence of the love of God. Why are, why are races fighting against races right now? Because people have an absence of the love of God. So when we as believers bring the love of God on a situation, evil has to cease. The word of God tells us that there is no fear in love. A lot of what we're seeing right now, the evil that we're experiencing is a result of fear. And so when we bring the love of God on the scene, that fear has to dissipate. It has to go away. So let's again go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm reading from the New International Reader's Version, which stands for NIR. RV. And one of the things it says, it says, love is patient, love is kind, love does not want others' belongings or what belongs to others. It does not brag. It is not proud. It does not dishonor other people. It does not look out for its own interests. It does not become easily become angry. It does not keep track of other people's wrongs. Love is not happy with evil, but it is full of joy when the truth is spoken. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it never gives up. And this is the most powerful phrase. Love never fails. So what you'll just see is a, a brief description. The, the previous verses were a brief description of the love of God. But the most important thing for us to take away with today is that love never fails. When, when, I, when I started just meditating on what does that mean, God? What does that mean? That's almost like having a wrecking ball come through this building. And the wrecking ball is going to destroy everything in its path. It's strong, it's powerful, it's, it's, it's solidly constructed. But when you look at the love of God, there is no test, no trial, no plan of the enemy that can stop or destroy the love of God. Love endures long, it's patient, it's kind. In other words, any problem or situation that, that you can send our way, send towards God, God's word, his love never fails. In other words, it destroys it. Every form of evil that the the enemy can sin. God's love destroys it. So when you operate in the love of God, it doesn't matter how challenging the situation. It doesn't matter how many times folks have gotten on your nerves or how many times folks have come against you. Love never fails. Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, love never fails. Turn to another neighbor. Say, neighbor, love never 
never fails. Put your hand over your heart. Say, I am filled with the love of God. God's power is on the inside of me. I will release his power to the world. Amen. All right, everybody say, hey, Pastor Reggie. And that may be prophetically speaking, of course. <laughs> I received that. <laughs> Good morning. Nope, that is totally yours. You are trying to spread germs. I'm sorry. Move. <laughs> Good morning. All right. Um, I'm going to get right down to it. Romans chapter 12, if you would. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8 will be our found foundation for the next couple of weeks. I'm reading out of the NLT, New Living Translation. We find these words. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve others well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you the leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. For this particular portion, I will be emphasizing Romans chapter 12, verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given. In this particular verse, we find the same word, different formats. So if God has given you grace, God has given us the ability, God's given us different gifts. So this right here says, look, we all have a gift. Does anybody here feel like you are not good at anything? By show of hands. You feel like you're not good at anything. All right, minister slash pastor, thank you. <laughs> Reggie is telling you, God has given you a gift. Now, the activation of this particular gift is predicated upon a couple of things. One, you receiving that and you growing into that particular gift. Because a bunch of times we walk by what we have seen. You may have messed up certain times in life. You may have missed opportunities. But God is saying the grace, the gift, I have given you, it is still there. So it doesn't matter how things seem, how things have happened, you have a gift. Grace is unmerited favor. I was studying, and this particular thing also is to be touched by the gods. So God has extended his hand to each and every one of us, and he's saying, look, I have graced you. I have gifted you. And so my touch changes you. And so, and so on the inside of you, there is this divine enablement to where God himself, he said, I want to show myself through you in a very special way. It may not have been seen. It may not have been heard. It may look different, sound different, flow different. But that's why it's important that we focus on the giver of the gift and not other people. A bunch of times, it's very easy to be like, hey, I am not Pastor Kerry. I would never try to be him. 
So if me as Reggie, I'm like, I can't get up here like Pastor Care. Why y'all laughing? It would not serve me as Reggie well if I am copying him. He is a great example. He's a great example, but it serves, it serves no one well if Reggie tries to be Pastor Carrie. It doesn't serve Reggie well because the only thing I will do is I will focus on, dang, what I am not instead of who God says that I am. And so now it is our choice. Okay, will we say Romans 12 is probably my favorite chapter in the entire book, particularly that first part, verse 2. Do not copy the behavior and custom of this world. Yes, that is saying don't be unholy in context. But I would almost say do not copy the paths of behavior of other people. But let God transfer, transform you to a new person by changing the way that you think. And so now we go from thinking what I cannot do to what he will do through me. Because the enemy wants to make it all about you. Grace says it's all about. So it is not what I can and can't do. Okay, my father stutters. I don't know why I'm going here. My father stutters. I grew up stuttering. It was so bad that from what, fifth grade to about 10th grade, I was trying to avoid conversations. And that's why I try not to argue with people now, because I'm going to get to certain points. I'm going to get frustrated. And so it's incredible to me, I'm standing here talking to you all all the time, that I talk so freaking much. But it is not clearly me, but it's God through. It is God through. That's what this spectrum is. God has touched each and every one of us. And he's saying, look, I have touched you, and it is by my spirit. It is by my ability, not yours, not what basically things you cannot do, things you aren't able to understand in the natural, but it's by me coming upon you and flowing through you. I just need lips. I just need hands. I just need feet. And guess what? You are Worthy. Now, I didn't ever get there, so I'm almost out of time. Prophets. Prophets is simply someone who stands before God, speaks in front of other people only what they hear God saying in a current situation, or they may speak forward to the future opportunities. They do both. But it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, you're not a prophet. Oh, I'm sorry. It's very easy to, to mystify this. Oh, prophet, so now I have to be spooky. Now I got to go be out in the Jordan River and be stay there for 100 days. No. No. Prophets were so amazing because back in the day, they had, I would say, jobs. And so a bunch of times they were talking, they were serving in the king's palace. And so they were in society. All they were is in their role, in their place, God could trust them to say, out of their time spent before the presence of God, all right, God, what are you saying? When they were going throughout their actual days, they were able to sense when God wanted to speak. And so they were saying, God, you can, you can use me. So now we have here a bunch of people in a lot of different jobs, a lot of different arenas, 
a lot of different places. God, like, I want to show myself strong. I work in the school system, within the school system. Some of us work in healthcare. Lord have mercy. I want to show myself strong there. Some of us work in businesses. I want to show myself strong in that business. I want to show myself strong here. I, I want to speak. But will I have somebody that will say, God, you can use my tongue? Lastly, and I, I kind of got on this particular, Joel chapter 2. When this thing hit, I, it was crazy to me how a prophet in the Old Testament kind of talks about something similar. Joel chapter 2, I'm going to read it fast. I got two minutes. It says, Joel chapter 2, verse 25. If you are, if you were, if, if you heard Bishop's message, he kind of talked, he actually did teach from this exact text. 25. I will give you back what, what you lost to the swarming locusts, the hopping locusts, the stripping locusts, the cutting locusts. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you as judgment. Once again, you will have all the food you want. You will praise the Lord your God who does these miracles for you. Never again, my people, be disgraced. Then you will know I am among my people Israel, that I am the Lord your God and there is no other. Never again, my people, be disgraced. Keep going. Then after restoring these things, I will pour out my spirit upon our people, upon our flesh in the, in the King James. Your sons and daughters will, your sons and daughters will, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days I'll pour out my spirit even on servants alike. Even though I'll serve men and women alike. So this is saying that God's given us all the ability to be ambassadors for him, who stand him in his presence and then go out and be led by him and who speak as he says speak. This particular gift back in verse, back in Matthew, I mean back in Romans chapter 12, it's interesting because as I was prepping for the entire part, that, that very last part of this particular gift is interesting. It said, if this person has the ability to speak, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Now, once we all were saved, we all were given a measure of faith. Same measure of faith. Now, the actual level in which we operate in faith is up to us. So it's like, the, some of us operate, honestly, no faith. Some have operated little faith. Some have some faith. Some have strong faith. Some have great faith. The question is, which one do you desire to operate at? And are you willing to pay the price to get there? And I'm going to stop right there. Thank you very much. Amen. Good job, Minister AJ, Minister Reggie. First Corinthians chapter 12. So we've heard about the grace gifts of Romans chapter 12. We've heard about the fruit of the Spirit we see in Galatians chapter 5. Now let's look at the gifts of the Spirit. And so when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says, now concerning spiritual gifts. Now this is the King James translation. If you're looking at a physical Bible, the word gifts is italicized, which means it was added for the sake of the translators to help you understand clearly. But if something's added by the translators, you can take it out for a sake of study. And so this word, 
Now concerning spiritual, Paul is going to a new topic, and he's not just talking about gifts, but he's talking about things relating to the Holy Spirit. So in this chapter, you'll talk about the gifts of the Spirit. You'll see ministry gifts. You'll see a lot of different things. So now concerning spiritual, things relating to the Holy Spirit, brethren, I would not have you ignorant or uninformed. Sometimes people think ignorance is a very strong word, but it's really just you just don't know what you're talking about. Now, sometimes you have to understand when you're reading the Word of God, why did the writer write what he's writing? And so Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. Now, the church of Corinth had a lot of good things going for it, but they also had a lot of bad things going at the same time. And so it took Paul six chapters to address issues before he started answering their questions. Because how many think, you know, he's like, well, pastor, I have a question about this. And so you write me a question, send me an email, but it takes me six pages to talk about all the other stuff in your life before I answer your question. How many know, ooh, I got some more stuff to work on? So this is what Paul did in the book of Corinthians. And so when he gets to chapter 12, he is addressing operations of the Spirit and things relating to the Holy Spirit, not because the church at Corinth did not move in the Spirit. Up until now, you don't have a complete listing of the gifts of the Spirit till now. And the issue wasn't because Corinth wasn't operating in the Spirit. They were operating in the Spirit, but they're also doing a whole bunch of other things at the same time. So Paul is writing this to bring clarity. So some of the things you'll see in chapter 12 and chapter 14 could not even apply to people in modern-day churches because they don't operate in the Holy Ghost. So he's talking to a church that is flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, operating in the gifts of the Spirit. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed. So I'm going to give you some guidelines and some revelation of how the Holy Spirit actually moves so you don't get caught up in the other things that are going on in the world and in the culture and the spirit of the world. And so he lists different things, but here's what I want to point out today. Verse 4, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations or ministries or services, but the same Lord. Now, there are diversities of operations or way that God works, but it is the same God who works all in all. So what is the emphasis Paul has put here? It's different. As I pointed to at the beginning of the message, talking about the same anointing that's on Paul, me and our bishop, there's different ways we minister, but it's still the Holy Ghost. Another way to use it, you know, uh, Minister Rachel will get into when he's talking about the ministry of exhortation, and you'll see that, that there are different pastors and people in different offices who have a ministry of exhortation, but the way it manifests is differently. Think about this. How many are familiar with the ministry of Joel Osteen? That is an exhorter. You can't go to his church and sit in one of his meetings without feeling encouraged. You're going to get some hope if you get around him. Now, do you know who also is another famous exhorter we know of? T.D. Jakes. You listen to him, you get encouraged. He tweets something, you might run through a wall. But what is that? That's the same gift. It just manifests differently. Same God, same Jesus, same Holy Ghost is just different. You know, the thing is, I'm glad that Pastor Joel Osteen doesn't act like Bishop T.D. Jakes. I'm glad that Bishop T.D. Jakes doesn't act like Pastor Joel Osteen. Why? We would be robbed of their giftings. Now, what's so interesting to me, because they stand in that same gifting, that they swap pulpits at least once a year. They just literally fly. It's like, oh, we'll pass each other in there. What? They understand the anointings they're under. They understand their gifting, and they understand where God has called them to operate. One of the things you keep here is saying, every week, you all are gifted. You are graced. You're anointed. You need to be who God has anointed you to be, not be somebody else. 
be who God has anointed you to be. Then you see verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So when you look at the phrase profit with all, it means to benefit everybody. There's cause to everybody to prosper and increase. So the gift of the Spirit, what we're going to talk about here, what he's about to list, is given so everybody comes up. Everybody goes higher. Everybody profits. Everybody benefits. So he begins to list them. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, divers kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these work that the one and self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he wills. Now, here's one rule about the gifts of the spirit. If one is supernatural, they're all supernatural. If one is not supernatural, then the rest aren't supernatural. Because some people say, oh, yeah, that is supernatural, but this gift right here is natural. And they came up with some natural way to explain away the power of God. All of the gifts of the spirit are supernatural. And there are nine gifts that are listed here. And so, for the sake of teaching, we break them up into three categories. Say three categories. Nine gifts. So, the first gift is the power gifts. The power gifts are gifts that do something. Say the power gifts are gifts that do something. Then you have the revelation gifts. Revelation gifts reveal something. Say revelation gifts reveal something. Then you have the inspirational gifts, the inspirational gifts. The inspirational gifts say something. Say the inspirational gifts say something. So there's three different gifts. Now, the Holy Spirit is the one who's the giver of these gifts, and they operate as he wants them to operate. So I can't just say, well, I want the gift of prophecy to operate right now. That's not how it works. Well, I'm ready to discern in the Spirit. That's not how it works. These things are as the Holy Spirit wants to operate. And so there are times that, you know, there are different, one, we'll get into it today, but one way how the gifts of healing works. That, you know, if you've ever been to one of these great healing crusades, and I've been to a number of them. I've sat on the ministry of Pastor Benny Hinn, and I've watched people get healed who don't even come into the building. You know, I had a friend who traveled with them, and I said, I've heard these rumors throughout years growing up in Pentecost that there are people who get in the, healed in the city. He doesn't even know they're there. He says, it's true. I've watched people get healed, and he's nowhere near. And so when I began to study it out, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I would call these meetings better than healing meetings, meetings of mercy. Meetings of mercy. Because it doesn't always have to do with the faith of the individual. They just happen to be there, and God went, When you look at Catherine Kuhlman's meetings, she flowed the same way. That she'll get to a point where she's talking about people being saved. She says, now is the time for your faith. Which means the whole the rest of the time was just the mercy of God manifesting. To where it's just God pouring out his love, showing people, hey, I'm here. And so those operate as the Holy Ghost wants to. I remember one person who I worked with in Texas. He was the head of security at one of our Texas churches. He went to one of uh, Brother Benny Hinn's meetings. And, you know, his foot had been hurting him, I think, from some type of workout exercise he did. You know, he was a guy I trained with. And, you know, his foot had been hurting, standing in line, it was hurting. And, you know, 
You know, if you've ever been to Brother Benny's meetings, they go on a long, 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 long time. And so, three, four hours go by, he's leaving, walking to the park lot, and he didn't realize his foot was healed. No one prayed for him. He didn't even think about using his faith. The Holy Spirit said, I got that. And so the gifts of the Holy Spirit work in a way where it works as the Holy Spirit wants them to. Our job is to make us available to the Holy Spirit. Sir, however you want to operate, I'm available. However you want to move, I'm available. Whatever gift you want to use, I'm available. Now, one of the ways he works, he has a habit of using people with certain gifts on a regular basis. Doesn't mean, oh, I have the gift of the word of knowledge. No, a more correct way to say it is God sees more fit for me to operate in the word of knowledge. Now, another thing people trip up into is think that the gifts of the Spirit are only for the ministry gifts, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That is not what the Bible teaches. Now, yes, he does give apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers certain gifts to fulfill what God has called them to do, but these gifts are supposed to operate in the body of Christ. He didn't say it's given to one preacher this gift and to another preacher this gift. These are given to believers as the Spirit wills. Now, to get a little bit about the word of knowledge today, before I wrap up this portion of the teaching. One of the things about the word of knowledge is, parents, I encourage you to talk to God about having the word of knowledge operate in your life. How many are you parents in here? You want that gift. This is to cover the best gift, you need to cover that gift. Because one of the things, when I was a youth pastor, I would say, I say, well, you know, the word of the knowledge is the youth pastor's best friend. Because the Holy Ghost would tell them as they walk in the door. I remember one kid walked in the door, I'm setting up, you know, the youth room, the Holy Ghost said, that kid just had a fight with his dad, go talk to him. And so it got to the point when these kids would come to church and says, I'm going to tell you before the Holy Ghost tells on me. They said, it's easy for me to, you know, be so you don't call me out during church. What was it? The word of knowledge was operating. And there are times the word of knowledge would operate, I wouldn't know it was operating. For some things, you know, I was an idea, I would be describing something. I just thought, you know, this was a good example. And one of my youth leaders was sitting next to a kid. I was describing an example of a kid who had been sneaking out of their house and doing all these things. I just thought it was a good example that came to me in the moment. I didn't realize it was the Holy Ghost operating. So one of the leaders said, the kid was like, how do you know? The word of knowledge. Now, the word of knowledge does not expose information to shame people. The Holy Ghost is not in the ministry of shame. You know, I went to Oral Roberts University. I'm a graduate of that university. And so I remember there's some phrases you hear in Tulsa that you never heard anywhere else in your life. That's why I refer to it as Tulsa Jerusalem. There were people who, you know, when we had chapel speakers, people who come from different places around the world in the body of Christ. And if anybody who stood in the office of the prophet operating prophetic ministry was there, there were people who said, oh, nope, I can't come to chapel today. They said, why? So I'm allergic to prophets. I'm like, you're allergic to who? I'm allergic to prophets. What are they saying? I don't want nobody calling out my business. Like, I was in the club last night. I don't need the rest of the chapel to hear. Now, one of the things is, that's not what the Holy Ghost does. It's even when it's the revealing ministry, he doesn't reveal things to shame people. Now, if he has to call someone out and pinpoint them and have them stand right there and say, this is what you've been doing and you need a change, it's not for shame. It's because this is the last-ditch effort that if this is my last chance trying to get them before they blow up their life, and they, it's going to be hard for them to come back, or they may lose their life. So the Holy Spirit is not interested in shaming people. He doesn't have a ministry of condemnation. God sent Jesus to save the world, not to condemn it. And so the gifts of the Holy Spirit are causing to make everybody prosper 
and come up higher in the things of God. So the word of knowledge is a part of God's knowledge. Just like the word, like a word is a part of a sentence, the word of the knowledge is a part of God's knowledge. And it will operate as the Spirit wills. And so there'll be times, like I said, parents, you should, you know, you, your kids may not always be with you. Well, the Holy Ghost is with them. So expect the Holy Ghost to tell you what your kids be doing. Expect them. You get before God, so God, give me some insight into how they're thinking. And who's talking to them when I'm not there? Why? The Holy Spirit will tell you these things. And your kids could tell you a story, you know. Some kids may struggle with lying, or some of you say, oh, I can't say the word lie, uh, telling a story, fibbing, of creative yarn, adding a lot of yeast to it, however you want to phrase it. And in your natural mind, you may believe them. But on the inside, the Holy Ghost said, no, that's not true. And here's why they're telling you this. Here's what's really going on. What's happening, the Holy Spirit's revealing it for the sake of you raising that child and the things of God. So open yourself up, not just to have the gifts operate when you come to church. It's great for the gifts to operate when you come to church, but it needs to operate in your everyday life. Come on, that word of knowledge can operate when you pray, that you're praying for someone, and the Holy Ghost says, this is what's going on in their life. That doesn't mean you call them and say, ooh, girl, guess what God told me about you? No. You take it before God, Father, they're dealing with this, and I ask that you cause this to happen and this to happen and this to happen for them. And you only tell other people what God told you if God told you to do it. You see, the word of knowledge, you can say it this way, it's secrets that belong to God. And God shares his secrets with people he can trust. But if you always run your mouth when God shares his secrets with you, he ain't going to tell you much. If you always run your mouth when God shares his secrets with you and say stuff he never told you to say, he won't share much with you. There are some things God reveals to you, you just keep between you and God. He said, ooh, but it was so good. Well, did he tell you to say it? Well, no, then don't say it. Become like Jesus. I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see him do. So the word of knowledge is a part of God's knowledge concerning the past or the present. The word of knowledge is a part of God's knowledge concerning the past or the present. Now, when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, they have different vehicles they can manifest in. And so I use the word vehicles is because multiple of us can be in the same car driving together but we're different, right? So you'll study the scripture and you'll see the word of knowledge being delivered by someone speaking forth by the Holy Ghost. You'll see a ministry gift speaking or another believer speaking. You'll see word of knowledge come through dreams and visions. You'll see the word of knowledge, a part of God's knowledge concerning the past or present, being delivered by an angel. And I'll use this example before we begin to close, is that the Bible says you've entertained angels unaware. And so last year's youth camp, there was a certain individual who was dealing with different things. I didn't know him personally. I've seen him before, but I didn't know his personal story. You know, he's a person that Minister Reggie had been ministering to and working with. And so this youth camp was just kind of unusual. Youth camp, all youth camps are unusual. But this type of youth camp was unusual for me because how the Holy Ghost was dealing with me. So I'm getting there, you know, getting my family stuff out the car. And I'm about to walk up the stairs and say, well, tonight you're going to have to deal with demons. I'm like, What? Okay, and then he goes, get the oil. I'm like, oh, man, y'all about to bring extra Pentecostal. So I'm calling the team and said, hey, I need y'all to get some oil. And so they run into the kitchen. It's like, hey, pastor needs some oil. I guess it's going to be on tonight. And on it was. And the Holy Ghost began to do some wonderful things for all those who were gathered. 
But, you know, as the Holy Spirit was moving, there was one gentleman who did not want to be involved. So, oh, nope, nope, I'm, I'm out. And then so, Minister Reggie stopped him at the door and said, no, you can't leave. Everybody's here t- together. And he started talking to him. And he says, well, here's what we're going to do. Either I can minister to you back here, or you can go up front and let pastor minister to you. He said, well, I'll let pastor minister to me. And so, he and this other individual walks to the front with him. And he said, hey, can I go to the restroom real quick? Sure. And so, while he's going, there's this individual telling me, hey, this is what's going on in his life. This is what he sees at night while he sleeps. This is what's going on in his past. And he's giving me all this information. I was like, okay, cool. I know how to pray for him now. And so, you know, one of our deacons was there, uh, deacon sermons, and some of the youth leaders said, I need you to gather around and pray with me. We're about to deal with some stuff right now. And so I thought they heard everything the individual told me. And so the gentleman comes back, and I began to pray for him. I started talking about what's been happening to him while he sleeps. I've been talking to him about the dreams he's been having, talking about the stuff in his past, and breaking off the power of the enemy. And so everybody around me is going, whoa, whoa. Like, they're backing up. Like, what's wrong with you guys? I need y'all to pray with me right now. And so after we finish ministering to him and things go well, you know, I go to him later. I said, hey, which youth leader brought that kid up? Because that youth leader told me everything that was going on in the kid's life. And they said, no one brought him up. I said, no, no, no. There was a youth leader that walked with him and told him, like, this is so, I'm sitting down with Minister Reggie and the team afterwards. I was like, no. And I said, well, it's not him. He wasn't wearing that. It wasn't wearing that. Minister Reggie and the youth leaders had to convince me there was nobody you saw an angel. It took me a minute. I was like, what? No, no, no. He was wearing white. Oh. A white T-shirt. So he looked like he was just one of the youth leaders. And he came up and told me everything that was going on in that young man's life so that I could pray and minister to him effectively. So what happened? The word of knowledge came through an angel. And I didn't even know it was an angel until afterwards. You know, Minister Reggie and I joke about it, and, we say, well, and he says, you know, it was probably my angel because the angel's wearing a T-shirt and basketball shorts. <laughs> and he came to tell me the information. What was it? It wasn't in a way to shame the gentleman because it wasn't loud. No one else could hear but the people praying but it was to minister him so he could have the breakthrough that he needed. So the word of knowledge comes in different ways. It's a part of God's knowledge concerning the past or the present. And it's one of the three revelation gifts, gifts that reveal something. So the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the discerning of spirits are the revelation gifts. The power gifts are the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, and the gift of faith. The inspirational gifts are the diversity of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. All these gifts operate as the Holy Ghost wants them to operate. And because it's how he wants, I can't say, well, God, I want you to send another angel and tell me what's going on in that person's life. That's not how he operates. The Holy Spirit saw fit to send an angel that day. So when it's open, he has a large way of manifesting because he's creative. So however the Holy Spirit wants to manifest, we let him manifest. However he wants to move, we let him move. And he'll only operate by the word of God. The Holy Spirit will never do anything that's against the word of God. Why? He wrote the word. Why would he go against his own operating system? And so that's how you judge every gift, every manifestation, every vision, every dream. Does it line up to the word of God? So, well, it was a really good dream, but does it line up to the word of God? Well, no, it's against these five scriptures. Then it didn't come from God. But it was a good dream. It could have came from pizza, but it's not the word of God. You judge everything by the word. But the only way you can judge it by the word is if you get in the word yourself. Amen?
So the gifts of the Spirit have three categories. Say they have three categories. What are the three, what are the three categories? Power gifts, revelation gifts, inspiration gifts. Who can operate in these gifts? All of us. So you just let God move through you. You just be open. And so as you heard Minister Reggie mention earlier and you've heard from Minister AJ, you just spend that time with God and let him work on you. Because sometimes he'll move through you when you don't feel spiritual at all. That you think, oh, to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, I have to feel super anointed. Yeah, well, that would be nice. So, well, pastor, when you preach, you must feel super anointed. Yeah, well, <laughs> I just believe God. I remember one day there was a gentleman here before he moved back to California. He was involved in the entertainment industry and acting different things. And so he was here while he was filming. And so I had ministered to him the night before. And the joy of God was ministering. And, you know, we were talking last night because I was counseling him. He says, man, you must have felt that power last night. I said, well, honestly, I felt nothing. He says, what do you mean? God was moving. I said, yeah. I just know he moves and I know he's there, so I just trust him. Now, those days I do sense the power of God. I do feel, for lack of better words, the presence of God. But other days, I know what he's called me to do. So I'll stand here and say, well, it's me and you. Let's do this. There's other times I've done some counseling appointments. And I'm like, well, Jesus, if you don't say something, everyone else in this room but you are going to look stupid right now, so we need you to come through, like, real quick. And he does. And so I don't want you to think, operate in your grace gifts, operate in the fruit of the Spirit, or operate in the gifts of the Spirit is by feeling. Everything operates by faith. It's trusting that God wants to use you. It's trusting that God really lives on the inside of you. It's believing that God could use you to be the light of the world in this time. So believe it. Talk about it. Says, yeah, God lives on the inside of me. So I'm the light of the world. So when you go into places, be open for God to use you in different ways. Now, sometimes he'll give you a direct thing to say. I remember one time I was driving back from Florida. I don't know if it was vacation or visiting, you know, my wife's side of the family, and we're coming back, and we stopped at this restaurant, and, you know, the Lord was talking to me about an individual who's working in the fast food restaurant. I was like, okay, good. That's nice to know. I'm ready to go home. You know, I'm not looking spiritual. I think I have basketball shorts and a hoodie on. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get back on the road. But the Holy Ghost said, no, you go back, and you tell this young lady this. Now, the young lady, she was pregnant. I don't know if she was somewhere between six to nine months old. And the Lord told me to tell her about what God has in store for that child. Now, I don't know the lady's name. I don't know if I ever see her on this side of heaven. But it was, I didn't feel spiritual at all. I wasn't to eat my food because I didn't want to get cold. You know, French fries cold don't taste that good. I'm ready to get back in the car before the baby wakes up and get to where I need to go. But at that moment, God says, I need you to tell them something. So you live your life available for God to use you in whatever way he sees fit. We understand we are vessels, instruments in the hands of God. And it's not just for the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, whoever you consider to be super spiritual. It's all of us. We are called to be the light of the world. If the world is dark, it's our job to light it up. As I said in the series online, 
We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the ecclesia. We are the called out ones. So this is not the time for us to hide. And hide. Well, Jesus, come back real soon. Come on, come on, Jesus. Come on back. They're getting crazy. Did you see that tweet? Come on, Jesus. No. It's not the time for us to hide. It's time for us to be the church. Well, did you see the news report? Come on, Jesus. It's time for us to be the church. It's time for us to shine. It's time for us to manifest the glory of God. For this is the reason why we're here. We're here for such a time as this. Yes, time is growing short. Yes, Jesus is coming soon. But God picked you to live at the end of this age. Because he knew not only could you handle it, you could win. That when he looked at all of human history, all of human time, he picked people for different ages. He picked Noah for his day. He picked Elijah for his day. He picked Peter and John for their day. He picked Esther for her day. He picked Sarah for her day. He picked Deborah for her day. But he picked you for this day, for the end of the age. You know, if you're running track, there are different people who have different purposes running the relay. And usually the last one is the one who can make up for lost time. We are the last ones who can make up for lost time. We're the ones who will see the restoration. We're the ones who will run forward. And so parents, imagine the honor of raising your kids to live at the end of the age. Imagine the anointing that's on their life that God picked for them to be born right before he comes back. You might say, well, what happens if Jesus comes back tomorrow? What's the point of raising my kids in faith? That means their calling is for eternity. That God made sure your kids were born so that they can rule forever. There's giftings in your kids. There's anointings in your kids. And God has trusted you with the responsibility of raising them so they can fulfill the call of God. See, the ki your kids will one day be the light of the world. They are the light of the world right now. They will one day be the church. They are the church right now. That's why you've always heard me say, I want a multi-generational, multicultural church. This is not a young people's church. This is not an old people's church. No, this is the church. And together, we'll do what God has called us to do. And together, as a faith family, we're going to ignite awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.